Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and welcome to This Is My Story. I love stories, and what I find most compelling about them is when I can talk to other people about what's gone on in their lives, and when you hear everything that has come together to make them who they are, it's really powerful. So please listen along with This Is My Story. I'm Stuart Smith, and this is my story. Hey everybody, welcome to, I guess, season three now of This Is My Story with Steve Hayes. And today, we are joined by a very special guest, probably my closest friend and longest friendship in Corsicana, right? True. I don't think I've had a a longer running friendship with anybody uh, besides Stuart Smith, so... Thanks for being my friend, Stu. Thanks for being my buddy. Yeah, man. We have a good friendship. We, we knew each other <clears throat> really um, before. Like, you were living in Dallas for a while. Yeah. And then you moved back to Corsicana, but we knew each other. We knew each other in Dallas. In Dallas. And um, go way back. Have a lot of fun memories with this guy. So, uh, <clears throat> I don't like to get, like, right into all the serious stuff. I remember this one time you called me. I was talking about it earlier. <clears throat> there are two big stories about you that I remember that always make me laugh. <clears throat> Excuse me. One is when you and Ryan were riding in that car and y'all looked up in front of y'all and there was a guy driving a truck <laughs> and he had his arm out the window, you know? Oh, yeah. And you called me and you're like, dude. This guy in front of us, his arm looks just like a baby. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah. Like, describe the arm. So the arm was <laughs> was just out the window, and it was huge. Like, was it was he holding the top of the, the roof of the truck, or did he just have it laying? He just had it laying kind of out the window, uh-huh. and it was just and – I, and I felt like it was just – a baby. I mean, <laughs> like so I mean, how when do you, you describe something like that? When you first saw it, did you think a that, baby was hanging out of the window? I thought that like that, that a baby was laying on the windowsill. <laughs> like it was levitating. <laughs> <laughs> Were you afraid for the baby? Ryan, I just looked at Ryan and I was like, man, look at that guy's arm. <laughs> like it, it looks just like a baby. I mean, is that a baby? And Ryan goes, that's a good point. <laughs> like... Like, he's the guy you need to get in here and interview. <laughs> and talk about the baby arm. Yes, because he will talk about that for an hour at least. Well, <laughs> I just know that y'all called me, like, immediately from the road. We did. And we, uh, the three like of us called, could like, not, three people. Oh, yeah, we couldn't quit <laughs> laughing. That's one uh, one thing I remember. The other thing is when we went to Mexico and we were eating those, uh, those like, freezer pops. You know that they sell in Mexico? I'm trying to remember. I don't even remember this. Hold on. Where are you going with this? <clears throat> you remember it. They sell these freezer pops in Mexico, and these guys come by, and they ride their bikes, and they have, like, a freezer on the front of their bike. Yeah. And they give you these freezer pops, and they, like, fit in your whole hand, and they're really good. They're not like those little flavor pop. I mean, these are really good. And uh, so we were eating those, and we were talking about it on the way home, and you were like, oh, yeah. yeah. Those things remind me of those things you can't hold on to. You know, you try to hold on to them, you can't hold on to them. 
You remember that? Oh, yeah. What is the thing that you were describing at that moment? So I think they're called a water snake. Or the, what, are, what are they called? I think they're called a wet They're called willy. that thing that you can't hold <laughs> on to because you can't. It just keeps going. <laughs> you try to grab it, it just slips out of your hands. Yeah. And that's what you felt we like. We better end this conversation. That's what you felt like you were eating. That, that I don't, we don't need yeah, to talk Yeah, we about. probably. This is what happens when <laughs> Stu and I talk. We usually end up going too far. But anyway, <laughs> that was a fun trip. That's why I like Stu so much because, like, the littlest thing we can turn into something so funny and oh, laugh yeah. about for we hours. We laugh for, like, we laugh for four hours straight. Four hours about the thing you can't hold on yes, to. Yes, and multiple other things. Yes, that it was I awesome. can't go into detail about. Yeah, we were about to pass out. We were laughing so hard. And that's usually where our conversations go. Definitely. Like, we always end up laughing like that. But one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here um everybody's probably so confused right now oh. all three people who listen to this are probably really yeah. confused <laughs> but uh <clears throat> but one of the reasons i wanted to have you on here and people don't know this about you i think people meet you you have a very distinct voice you're you're kind of you have that texas drawl you know and that and, and people meet you and they think man that guy's funny or he's entertaining or whatever it may be but they don't know <clears throat> a lot of time the whole story of what you've been through um your story of how you came to jesus is very compelling and people don't realize that when they first meet you so i wanted to give you a chance to kind of share that because that's what this is all about it's just a chance for regular people to tell their stories you know um about the most important person who ever lived and that's jesus so tell me when you first came to realize that you needed Jesus like it wasn't it wasn't your parents idea it wasn't your friends idea it was you and what were the circumstances in your life that led up to that so I it was about 2001 about a year after I'd graduated from college and um, I graduated from college in 2000 and the circumstances leading up to that were just my entire life we went to church I felt like church was more about, you know, this what you're supposed to do to look good in the community. Um, people will trust you. You know, if, if you say you're a believer in a small town in Texas. Right. And so, but I was completely lost. I didn't really believe. I got, I got baptized as a baby, which I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the baby arm, much less being a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, was it you but, who got baptized as a baby which, or was no, it an There's arm? no knock on that, but I mean, my whole life I was, I grew up in church and just never got it. The right. Lord never, I never had a real relationship. Yeah. And so, went to college, had everything going for me, could get anything, do anything I wanted, and was happy, but my happiness was all tied up in, I guess, in the wrong things, apparently. Right. And so... When I got out of school, before the, in March of 2000, and I don't know what what I was going through. I was going through something, but I was in College Station, and I was laying in bed that night, and I, and I just said, Lord, if if you're ever going to really make me a believer, then you're going to have to do something in my life because I don't have any reason to come to you. And I don't really know why I prayed that prayer, but I can remember it. Mm-hmm. I can like vividly remember laying in bed 
and saying that to God. And the events that unfolded um, the next eight months just brought me to nothing, where I had nothing. So do you feel comfortable telling us a little bit about those events? Yeah. So I dated this girl in college for about two and a half, three years. Um, Thought I knew what love was. I didn't know that love was a commitment and not a feeling. And so, anyways, I'd wrapped up my whole three years of college with that relationship. Thought we were going to get married. Had just accepted a job in Dallas. Um, and so, I, she and this girl, you know, let me go. And so, that I, that was torn from me. That was a piece of me that was just torn away. Right. That really kind of sent me into, well, who am I now? And so... And then I went to Dallas, got this really good paying job, made good money, but I was not happy. I was searching for happiness and I was wrapped up into, you know, alcohol and the whole scene of, of women, alcohol, going out and, and finding all my happiness in that. And that was getting me nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then I got involved into uh, gambling on football and and um, it was pretty crazy because cause any, anything that's sinful can be fun in the moment. It's temporary fun. I like to call it temporary fun because sin is fun. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It, it is. But it's temporary. And uh, what that led me to was I think at one point I had about $30,000 in cash in my, in my room, in my apartment. And I had a bookie in New York that that owned that owed me about 50 60 grand Mm. and so anyways it ended up going bad and and we ended up losing everything plus i owed this guy a lot of money who was playing it was the uh i'm trying to remember it It was was the detroit lions it was the detroit lions it was money night football and the packers it was the packers no it was the packers and chicago bears yeah, it was and Brett we bet all, I bet like sixty thousand dollars on this one game. <laughs> this God. is how, this is how dumb my mind was. You know that we 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 have this thing going and it's unstoppable, and this guy's fixing to pay us. Yeah, because you had a friend who had like an algorithm. Yes, that was like a winner. For oh, him. It, was, it was winning. It was it was undefeatable. Wow, unstoppable until it was. Yeah, <laughs> does that even a word? Undefeatable. undefeatable? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think that may be. I don't hey, know. Let's keep going. You heard it here first. So, anyways, I just never will forget. We were winning, and they made some touchdown, like with five seconds left in trash time, mm-hmm. and it ruined the whole deal. But, anyways, that. So I, I went from making good money to not having any, plus owing a guy a lot of money, and he was threatening my life, and. I had no relationship. I felt like I had nobody to turn to for real friendship. I had no money, and I just felt like I had nothing. I was totally, my happiness had been totally stripped away, and I really felt like God allowed those things to happen because of that prayer that I prayed. Hmm. And I know that I had multiple other people praying for me. I mean, I know my parents were, and... um I got to this point, it was about October, November, it was November of 2001, or 2000, 
it was November of 2000, and there was a point so low, you know, where a kid that had everything, that had a family, you know, that cared about him, and there was people that cared about me. I just couldn't see it. Right. And and I nearly took my own life. I mean, it got to the point where there was a there was a night in my apartment where I had a shotgun. I have I was playing my guitar that night. I was depressed. I had a shotgun, and I really was about to. And I looked over on my, I had a little table beside my, my nightstand, and there was a Bible down there. Mm. And I don't know if I heard the voice of the Lord. I don't know, but it just, it basically just came to my, you know, my inner thoughts. You have never followed me completely. You've, you've gone after all these things for happiness. Sorry, this is like. <clears throat> Let me get my breath. So when I go back to this moment, I just, I can hear that voice saying, you've never fully followed me. You know, you've never given me a shot. Either give me a shot, you know, you can get, you can take your yourself out of this world or give me a shot. Hmm. And so I decided at that point that I was going to give God a full shot. You know, like I've given everything else, alcohol, women, you know, everything that I was doing. Yep. And so from that point forward, I really did. Every I read the Bible. I started read. I just started soaking every book in that I could read, the Bible. I started going to different singles ministries in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. I was seeking, fully seeking him. Yeah, and you, <clears throat> and you started, I mean, it wasn't just that you were seeking him. You started actually beginning to serve him, too, yes. with your musical talent. And you, you started worship, leading worship. My whole uh, perspective changed. Yeah. Like It's like he totally, <clears throat> the first Bible study that I ever did in my life, I remember these guys invited me to this Bible study that I'd met at Prestonwood Baptist Church. And I think mm-hmm. it was called Metro. It was a singles ministry, mm-hmm. like in 2001. And I remember all I was praying for was, God, bring me some Christian friends. Bring me some people that are really believers in you and following you to surround me with. And I remember I was praying that prayer. I was keeping a prayer journal. And I prayed that for like four to six months. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't bring me anybody. But I, now I can look back on that time, you know, and realize why he wasn't bringing me somebody because I needed to be all alone with him and build my foundational relationship with him. And he didn't want any distractions. He didn't want a girl. He didn't want friends. And so that was a tough time, you know, because I was was struggling with taking my own life to trying to really fully follow him and he wouldn't even bring me people, Mm -hmm. you know, that to surround me with and I was just like really (laughs) what kind of God are you yeah because you're not a you and I relate in this way we're not alone kind of people no like we want to be around (laughs) people we want to be in the mix so being alone is like misery to us but when he finally did bring that group of guys and they invited me this Bible study the first the first Bible study we did was it was all about renewing renewing of the mind what's the verse transform Romans twelve one. Yes. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. Not con- conformed. Yeah, to be not conformed to the world, but uh-huh. be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind like Mm -hmm. Christ. Yep. And I feel like that's what he did with the way I think Mm -hmm. about everything now. Now, not to say that I don't, I mean, God, I I mean, I I probably make more mistakes now than I ever have, but it always brings me back to, I always come back to this moment in my life and remember, you know, what it, my motives and what my perspective. Because it saved your life. Yes. Like, like literally. And we I've talked about this with other people, and it's amazing how many people get to a moment like that. But <clears throat> there are people who know that that God has saved their soul. You know, they know they had a moment where they realized they need a, needed a Savior for their soul so that they could have eternity with God. But some of the most compelling people and some of the biggest changes in people's lives come not only when you realize that you need God to save your soul, but you need him to save your life. Yeah. Like you might not live another day or another moment if it weren't for a connection with God. Yeah, I know without a doubt that if he wouldn't have reached down and grabbed me, it did all the stuff that he did that I'd be either be homeless, I'd be dead. Like, I do not deserve at all to have anything that I have today. Mm-hmm. And I know God doesn't care about materialistic things, but, I mean, and sometimes it scares me a little bit because I have had success in the world, and I know all of it. I don't know why he's given me what he's given me. Mm-hmm. I was playing golf with with a guy about a month ago, and I just said, I just always say, like, why, why are we here? <laughs> why, why, why do I get to be here? You know, why this beautiful place? Like, why, why in the world? And some people will say, well, it's because you worked hard and because you you went out there and, and did it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do nothing. <laughs> he did everything. So what did what does all of that mean to you? Like all, everything that you've experienced, and we talked about this before. You know, there are some people who think that that coming to God is is just you you weigh all the factors and you make a decision and you you choose to follow God. And then there's other people who think, no, you know, God's so powerful and his love is so strong. His grace is so overwhelming. I didn't really make that choice. I just, God left me with no choice other than to follow him. It seems like that's where you always come down is, you know, if it were up to me, it was up to me for a long time and I didn't choose God. Yeah, exactly. So you really feel like God reached into your circumstances and rescued you? I know He did. I can't take credit. I can't take credit for believing. <laughs> any faith that I have, I feel like it's been given to me. Like I can't take any credit for any decision that I've made, except for the bad ones. <laughs> <clears throat> and does that anything good that I do in <laughs> right. my life is because He gave me the strength, the courage, the wisdom, the forethought. I didn't do any of it. Hmm. What does that do to you internally to know that and to have that kind of perspective? Peace. Yeah. I got a lot of peace. <laughs> hmm. So all that turmoil you had before, all that 
questioning whether you should even live before all that's gone. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Good. For sure. And I know you still wrestle. You still oh, yeah, I still wrestle. But I, when, I, when I really, you know, when the Holy Spirit really grabs me and just says, look, sit down and think about where you came from. That apartment room where you nearly took your own life, and I grabbed you and I pulled you up, and I took you through hills and valleys, top of the mountain, valleys, top of the mountain, valleys. You're in a valley, and I've got you here for a reason. You can't see what it is right now, but later down the road, you're going to look back and you're going to know why I had to bring you here. Right. Or allow things to happen to bring you to this point so that you could get, so you could achieve this. Right. And so. I don't know. And I think it's different for everybody, probably how they get saved. But for me, it was definitely, <laughs> I'm not going to take credit for any of it. And I don't think we can, you know. I mean, Ephesians 2 is very clear about that. You know, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of your own, so that no one may boast. And that's one thing I've appreciated about you, as we've had many chances. We laugh a lot. We, we, you're probably my friend. Like I, we have a lot of fun because we can just we just have the freedom to be stupid together. You know, we just talk about stupid things and laugh about stupid things, and a lot of people wouldn't get it. But the real foundation of our friendship is is that we share a faith in Jesus. Is very, is a deep faith, and it has connected us because we both feel like, man, there, there's nothing special about me. This, God chose me, and He, He saw fit to shower me with His grace, and it's not anything that I've done. I can't boast about it. I can boast about Him. Yeah, because He's awesome, but I can't boast about me. My decision making is not that good. No. <laughs> Mine is terrible. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and but but I still have peace because I always know that he's going to bring me back to the place that I need to be, the so, place that he wants to use me. And I have to also look at it. Sometimes I think people struggle with this. They see people being used in different areas, and and they say, "Well, why can't I do that? Or why am I not doing that? Mm -hmm. Maybe I need to try harder. Or what you know, whatever it is." And I'm like, no. Enjoy watching somebody else get to serve. And I, I'm going to enjoy getting to watch other people get to serve. And as soon as I start to think, why am I not in that? Or I have to sit back and go, no, God's going to use you in other places. Right. Right now you're in a season where where he's He's doing things and you're gonna, he's going to figure this out in your life or he's got a plan. Right. You're just not in that place yet. So what's he doing in you now? Uh, what's we he doing in We talked about when now. you came to him. What are you learning about the Lord now? I see you got a cast on your arm. You had surgery. Yeah. You learning anything through all that? I think just I'm in a season. I think I'm in a season right now where, I mean, I, I've got a, my wife, my three kids, my business, and and I, I need to rest in that. I need to I need to do well in those areas. Take when an opportunity comes at me where I can help somebody else take mm -hmm. advantage of those opportunities you know look for always be looking and praying for God open my eyes to somebody that I can serve 
Right. You know, and, and it may not happen today. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. But I mean, I, I think that's part of my change perspective too, is that I find most joy now when I'm serving, when I get to serve other people or, or do something cool where I see God using me. Hmm. I find more joy in that than I do in anything else. Now there are some times where I'm at where I sin or make a mistake and, I, and I'm trying to find joy in other places, you know, but I yeah. know that's temporary. Yeah. What's, that's, the, what's the biggest thing that you feel like you have to overcome right now? The biggest thing I have to overcome. Like the Bible talks about, you know, Hebrews 12 talks about the getting rid of the sins that so easily entangle you. Yeah. You know, the things that just have a habit of tripping you up. Yeah. What are those things for you? I mean, you don't have to get real specific, but just yeah. if you could summarize it. The easiest thing to trip me up. Come on, man! It's a podcast. You got to keep this thing. I know. Moving. I can't. I can't. I don't know you. I, I'll tell you what it is for me. About it. What for me is probably, uh, you know, it's probably selfishness. I just get selfish. Yeah. I want my own way, and I make a lot of decisions out of selfishness. And so, I'll, I'll just choose myself over my kids, or myself over my wife, or myself over the church and yeah. the responsibilities that I had to do because you know I just love me some me yeah sometimes you know and so I think everything probably, can boil down to selfishness though yeah probably so pretty general I mean everything yeah. everything that I struggle with is because it's it's selfishness and I'm trying to seek joy from temporary things yes and it's selfish yeah. And when I need, when I know where the true joy, when I really am clicking with God and, you know, really in his word and talking to him on a regular basis and, and praying for other people and serving him, man, that's where the real, that's where the true happiness and joy comes from yep. for me. Yes. And I, and you know, I think you said, what do I need to overcome right now? I think it's just myself. Mm. <laughs> which I have full peace and faith that God is going to use me in a big way. I've seen God use me in big ways a lot and then go through seasons where he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I know he's going to use me in a big way and he's preparing me for something. I, I don't know what he's, what it is, but I'm going to try to be faithful in the little things right now that he's given me. Like I said, with my kids, my wife, my family, my, my business, my friendships, I got I to gotta be faithful in those things before he's going to maybe use me in the bigger things again. Yep. <clears throat> well, very cool that you came and shared with us. Thanks for being oh, so thanks for open asking about me. it. All right, so you you, um, you told me that story about how you got caught up in gambling and how you got real behind, and that was one of the major catalysts that yeah. actually brought you to a place where you needed Jesus. But one of the things you shared in that story with me was how you were playing golf with your dad, and you like felt like you had to tell him. Yes. And I think you were hoping that he would like kind of bail you out, you know, and help yeah. you. 
So y'all are on the ninth hole yeah, no, here in course. And I was 23 years old, I believe. You yeah. know, and I just, I was depressed, no relationships. I was in the middle of trying to figure out this guy, do I need to follow, what do I need to do? Yeah. And so, and I think every college kid goes through that to some degree after they graduate. Now they're thrown out into the world. Yep. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd owed this bookie that was threatening my life. And um, I came down to Course Canada to kind of figure out how, what am I going to do? My dad going to help me? He going to bail me out again? Mm-hmm. And um, so we're playing the whole time we're playing. You know, I'm a 23-year-old sitting here thinking, what, how am I going to bring this up? <laughs> and so, anyways, my, we, you know, we're playing golf and we're on the ninth tee box at the Course Canada Country Club. And I'm like, Dad, I got to tell you something. And he's about to, he's about, he's over his ball, about to hit his ball. And I said, Dad, I, I owe twenty something thousand dollars to a guy in New York City, and he's threatening to kill me. He's a bookie. I've been gambling on football, and he didn't say a word. And I think he probably hit hit his drive the furthest I've ever seen it. Like really? he swung as hard as he could hit it. I think it was probably two holes. We didn't say a word. I think it was on the eleventh tee box. He looked at me and goes, "I'm sorry that happened to you, son." He was like. And he was real calm, you know, and, and my dad was saved at this point too through Grace Community Church when Grace Community first started. And his, his used to, my dad probably would have gone off the handle. Right. You know, but my dad, he had a life change too. And, and, and he just calmly looked at me and said, I'm sorry that happened to you. He goes, I'm not, I'm not really going to, I'm not, I'm not going to give you any money to help you. He was like, we'll figure this. I'll help you figure it out, but you're going to pay that guy. And so what ended up happening is my dad basically said, you know, I will, you're going to have to get a loan. And if they won't give you a loan, I'm going to, I guess you're going to drag me into this. I'm going to have to co-sign. And so he co-signed a note for me and I had to pay that loan back. Man. But I mean, that's a really good example of grace. You know, he, he could have just flown off the handle at me and gone ballistic, but he didn't. He calmly just said, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you and I'll, 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 we'll figure out how to help you pay that back yeah um but another thing kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier i thought what i think is really cool about when you when a young man grows up and then and he gets saved um is that there's a period there where i had to like step away from all of those things like drinking alcohol and in a relationship with a girl and i had to fully seek him you know, and, and, and look, I can see so many things that he did over that time. But then when you get saved and you build that foundation with him and then God says, okay, I'm going to place you back in the world. And now I want you to go back into those places, you know, and, and, and minister to those people. And I've got so many cool stories about, you know, I, I think it gave me the confidence that, that, you know, I don't care how people reject me anymore because I know I know what I'm telling them is true. And so I'm just going to consistently throw it out there to people that I know maybe not be believers or not. And I'm going to go back into those places and not participate in some of that stuff. But I'm going to spread the name of Jesus. And I did that, and it was uncomfortable, <laughs> very uncomfortable at times and I got rejected a lot but it was cool because 
a few years ago, I had a few people call me from like eight years, 10 years back and said, you know, those times that you were speaking to me in that bar at the time that, you know, we went out and then you came back over to my house and you told me about your testimony. He goes, I'm, I may have like brushed you off or rejected you, but like, I just want to let you know that that really impacted me and I got baptized, you know, last weekend. And I mean, it's that kind of stuff that, I mean, you know, you all, we all yeah, know, like we, we can't be scared of rejection because they're not rejecting us. Right. Have you, <clears throat> I, I have the exact same philosophy as you in that. And it's been hard for me at times to balance going back into those settings and, you know, being in the world, but not of the world and not being you know, I made some mistakes in that too, where I'm like, I'm going to go back into this world and I'm going to bring Jesus into this world and I'll take it too far and get washed over by the world. Yep. You know, I, that's been hard for me too, but I still think it's worth the, the risk because that's where people are and Jesus went where people are. That's right. And we got to be willing to go where people are too. Even though it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but like kind of what you just said about when you do put yourself in the world, I mean, I have, it's a, it's a fine line. Like, and I don't even know what that line is. Yep. Like, like I, I can, you can say what it is, but then when I think about it from both perspectives, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I mean, I'm, even if I don't put myself in those situations, I'm going to sin in some way. Right. But why not try? Yeah. You know, and I'm going to fall, and I'm going to get in those situations that I'm going to fall, and I have <laughs> a bunch. Yep. yep, me too. And sometimes I feel like, I feel like, well, maybe I took it too far. But if somebody gets saved out of that, is it not worth it? Because I already am saved. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you this. Um, but I will admit that there are times, and maybe I'm going through one of those times right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I do have to take a step back sometimes and go, okay, maybe I have been taking it too far in the world. And maybe I'm not as effective. But but then I have to go, well, I'm not the one that's effective anyways. Right. You know, he's yeah. the Holy Spirit is the one doing the work. Yeah. Well, and I, think, I struggle with that. I, like, think, I do too. And I think sometimes, um, I mean, God's, that's like you say, God's going to redeem it all. You know, he, he's going to, he's going to work like the old preachers used to say, you know, he hits straight licks with crooked sticks. You know, he's, he's going to do good things even in our crookedness even in our messed up areas. And, and I think sometimes people need to know that, that Christians fall. But we fall forward. You know, we fall into the grace of God. And we fall into the hands of a loving God who forgives us and, and dusts us off and, and sends us back on, on our way um, for His glory. You know, And that doesn't mean we go out like Paul said. Doesn't mean we use that as a license to go out and sin. No, but I'll be honest. I do sometimes. I do too. I do too. Sometimes I do. And 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 I know that's not right. Mm-hmm. 
But then part of me says, yeah, but your motive mm-hmm. is is to let him live through you in the out there in the world. Yep. And I'm but I'm human. I'm gonna struggle. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna fall. There's a balance in there somewhere, and I think trying to find that balance is is one of the struggles of life. And the, sometimes the balance goes in the other way too, where we you know we get so heavenly minded we're no earthly good you know and we end up over here in this corner forming a holy huddle and all we're doing is talking to other christians and we don't have any influence in the world and that's not right either you know so i don't know how to achieve that balance but i appreciate you talking about the struggle of it because i think it's something that most christians face and i think it's worth the struggle i do too you know i really do um, thanks for taking the time, Stu. Thanks for being honest. Yeah. You got a lot going on in your life. You, you're with, you know, Stuart's the, the uh, State Farm agent here in Corsicana, one of them. And, um, you know, just a good dude. One of the things I appreciate that you do around our town is you, you give out that uh, that game of the week, yeah, you know, the player, the player of the week. Of the week. Um, for all the schools in Navarro County and everything. I think that's pretty cool. You're involved in a lot. you got a lot of responsibility with your family, with the various things that you're involved in, and I just appreciate you taking the time and coming in here and talking to me. And I know God's going to use this conversation, I, I hope, to give people who don't know a different perspective on you and what you've been through and I really give them a different perspective on who Jesus is, you know, the fact that he sees fit to save people like me and you for sure and set us on the right path. It's humbling. It's awesome. And it's available to anybody. If if it's available to us, it's available to anybody. True. All right. Love you, buddy. (laughs) Thank you, you, man. Appreciate the time. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This Is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening. Thank you.